welcome everyone to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder, and Anthony is back. Welcome, Anthony, back to the show. We missed you. Hey, Bernie, thanks for holding it down for me, man. Uh, Bernie filled in real nice. Uh, I think he. Uh, I think I'm a little nervous for my job here. He did really well. <laughs> you know, he said he was going to ruin the show, and he didn't. It was like he brought some good level analysis. I was like, Bernie, this is. <laughs> I was expecting this show to go off the rails. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was completely on shit. Uh, completely well, on on uh, on. It wasn't a a good start when he said. So, do you guys like really adhere to these times, like on the Rada show? I was like, yes. <laughs> there we go. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you. Borderlines like borderlines like run of show. Yeah, we just talk until we're like, oh crap, we gotta end the show. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we got thirty seconds left. How'd this happen? Oh no. <laughs> uh, All right, we're done making fun of you guys. Um, we're gonna move on to a fun weekend of cornhole coming up. We've got our pro shootout number two and open number ten. Uh, so that's going to be in Topeka, Kansas, this coming weekend. Uh, looking forward to a shootout that's going to play all the way through. You know, the last one, we played it. Yeah. In Beach, and then the finals were in uh, Arizona. So interesting to see how that's all going to go. But, uh, yeah, it should be a fun event. That is going to be on ESPN2 on Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern. So definitely uh, get ready to watch that. And then, uh, Trey, are we having people can come and watch live as well? Yeah, in the yeah audience? open to the public. Open to the public to come and watch that uh, that broadcast. So it'll be uh, with the open there and everybody there for the open. I think it's gonna be a fun time. Everybody will be excited to be there. Cool. Hey, if you're in Topeka area, come uh, check out the broadcast live. It's not something you will uh, be disappointed you went to. It's super fun. All right, Trey, what are we thinking? Who are you looking at in this first or the second pro shootout? Yeah. Well, uh, first things first. This will be the first ever televised ACL event that I am not even in attendance of. So whoa, I am. Whoa. That's not allowed. I, that I, need is, you in the, I find comfort with you in the stands heckling me, Trey. I have found <laughs> yes, comfort in that. I know. I am I am not sure what to do with myself right now. Wow. I'm, not okay. like, I'm like reeling a little bit inside. So I just need to get that out there that it's a very stressful time right now that I'm dealing wow. with this. You're just going to be watching from uh, home. That's so Live bizarre. on TV. That's going to be weird. <laughs> Right. Like, so I've not been on broadcast before because you've obviously done a bunch, Anthony, but every single time it's either been a USA cornhole event that I didn't go to, or I've been there, right? I've, I've watched yep. or like creeped over your shoulder while you're talking. Like I've just been around and now this one, I'm not going to be there at all. You know what? So, now that you say that, I think this is the first time Nick won't be at one of my broadcasts too. Wow. Yeah, this I mean, is the first time he'll be watching broadcasts from home with me on it. The kids are running loose. We've, we've <laughs> let the kids run loose. What does this I mean? mean? Just, just absolutely, just uh, man, just, just crazy to think about. So um, that's going to be a, definitely a change for me. My, I got a content team going, and I'm not going. It's like weird, wow, weird. Yeah. So, um, but overall, yeah, overall. So once, once I get that out of the way. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, this weekend is going to be, I mean, look, I, I think a lot of eyes are just going to, plain and simple, going to be on Justin Burton Jr. Um, I mean, he's, can he keep doing it, right? How many times do we see someone in this position come out, win a huge event, and then they just kind of fade, right? Last year was Matthew Creekiller. Incredible performance. Wins a national. 
wins the singles at, at the second uh, Cornhole Mania. And then we don't really don't see him for the rest of the year. We saw him on one broadcast in doubles, but we didn't see any form of that same level of dominance. Then after that, we have, I mean, before that, we had Steven Bernasette, right? And he and singles dominated. He did win a shootout in doubles, but aside from that, we just didn't see the sustained success. Both of those players end up finishing outside the top 10, respectively, at the end of the season. So it was a big, it was a fall off from what we saw. I don't know if we can say the same about Burton Jr. To me, when I watch Burton Jr. play, I get a little bit better of a feel of this guy feels a little bit more consistent, right? This guy feels like someone that has the staying power, right? Um, and for someone who wins singles and doubles at a national, I mean, if you look at the names that have accomplished that, it's only, you know, Mark Richards, Jamie Graham, Matt Guy. I mean, that's that's it, right? And if you're in that company, that, that certainly, you would argue, separates yourself from everybody else. So, um a lot of my eyes are going to be on him, um, but there's a number of others. I, I'm actually going to steal the thunder a little bit from Anthony here. I'm really interested in watching Joe Neistat. If the season ended right now, right this second, and you said, Trey, fill out an MVP ballot, I think I may have Joe Neistat at number two. I mean, obviously, Justin Burton Jr., he wins both. We're talking about way too early MVP rankings, but he's second in doubles. And he's fifth in singles. Nobody else has that level of resume, right? Not a Kyle Malone. Not even a Devin Harbaugh. Devin Harbaugh's 45th in doubles. I mean, so overall, I'm saying, you know, I think Joe Neistat has is shaping up to have not a good season, not a great season, but an elite-level season. So I'm excited to watch him, especially coming off this past weekend, winning uh, a state championship in doubles. We'll talk a little bit about more about that later. So uh, a lot of eyes on him there. Obviously, you're looking at your your big hitter names, your Mark Richards, your Matt Guy, your Jamie Grahams. Jamie Graham in particular, again, finishes 45th in singles. What? Jamie Graham, Matt Guy, outside the top 30 in doubles. Yep. What is going on here? Okay. I'm really interested to see how Jamie Graham bounces back, knowing that he did not live up to the expectation that we had for him. Or are we just going to see this roller coaster of Jamie Graham's career? 2020, we're up here. 2021, we're down here. 2022, we're up here. Is 2023 going to be one of those weird down years that we have to talk about next season, him bouncing back to have an elite level year? I think it's too early to go that far, but it's just something that I'm looking at. Then over on the women's side, really, it's all right. I love these now and for a different reason, right? I love the nationals because we get to see which female is going to lead the field. And a lot of the times, it's how far does Cheyenne Renner go? Now she's a top 10 player in the world based on her finish at the kickoff battle. But now, since Cheyenne has won that women's singles, this becomes who's going to be the woman to stand out when Cheyenne isn't in the picture, right? That's a really interesting storyline to me. So when I look at this list, I really think it's completely up for grabs, right? One name that sticks out for, in particular for me has got to be Cameron Belvin. She won in in Kansas last year, not in the same building, but won in the region. It was at the, one of the last pro shootouts of the season. She stole a win there. But how good has Yeti Irwan been, right? Yeti Irwan been an elite-level player, um, one of the best in the world. But Rosie Streaker and Sam Finley, are the 13th ranked doubles team in the yes. world right now. Okay. 
that I believe I said this and I meant to go back and look and I never did, but I think I said last week, I think it's the highest ranked all female doubles team that we've ever had in the history of the pro division. And that is special. Both Sam and Rosie last, um, you know, at the, at the national were on fire and they have both also dominated this shootout series in the past. Both of them, multiple shootout were actually one shootout went for Rosie, but she made the final so many in 2021. Sam Finley, obviously making it to the finals in back-to-back seasons as the women's single shootout. So I'm really interested in particular to watch the, the women's single shootout because I think it has a lot of those storylines that keep me coming back. But overall, I think it's going to be a, um, a really cool weekend. Absolutely. Anthony, what are your thoughts? Who are you looking at? Yeah, so first I kind of went and said, all right, who who had success at shootout number one? So I kind of dug into that a little bit. And because, you know, I kind of want to look at the current season. You know, we have a history there of players that have been successful year after year, but kind of looking at who really did well out in Myrtle Beach um, at, at that shootout number one. And I was a bit surprised. Almost none of the top five players in all the brackets are in the field. Um, you've got like a Byron Sisson who was one win away from making a bracket or winning a bracket. Travis Purser won his bracket. He was one win away from TV. I want to say it was Jamie Graham that got him. He made a deep run. I don't see him on the list. Guys like Mike Ferreira, uh, Jeremiah Hector, who really showed out a little bit at nationals for me, did really well in the blind draw. Um, He was third in his bracket. He's not there. Costanza, Ryan Hart. I mean, what's cool about all these names, and we're going to see this trend, I think, as we go along, you look at who were the top three in each bracket, you might not even recognize some of these names. You know, I mean, a lot of these players, these top 10, top 20 players did not make it very deep at shootout number one. It was a list of new names for us. Travis Grayson took third in his bracket. You know, a Trey Baker was in the top five in his bracket. So I looked at that first. They're not coming. So that kind of that was kind of just a point I wanted to mention. Uh, it was kind of interesting to me. But you mentioned a lot of the ones, some of the ones you didn't mention uh, Trey there, Derek Holland, uh, who we see as a, just a trending up player right now. I would, I, I, a player to watch for me, Derek Holland in the shootout format. I think he can come out and win the whole thing. Uh, so have, have close eyes on him. I mentioned Jeremy Frazier, Philip Lopez. This guy is due. I think he is so due for success in singles. Um, he continues to be that guy that is just one win away from TV or one win away from making a bracket final. Maybe this is it. He's going to be in the field. So got a close eye on Philip Lopez, Alan Rawls. I'm going to, this guy has deserves to be talked about over and over again. Um, Continues to kind of prove definitely me wrong. I have been sleep. I slept on him even after he did really well, like twice. So I'm not going to sleep on him anymore. And, And maybe it was more from a technical perspective, I just couldn't understand how he was so successful with the type of bag he throws, but he really does control the speed of this odd rotating angled bag. He really does a really good job with that. The wheel. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's unique. You just don't see that a lot. Alex calls it the saw blade, the saw blade. That's what it was. Yes. Yes. (laughs) He said, if he's not, yeah, he said, if he's not throwing the saw blade, it's not good for him. (laughs) Yeah. If if his bag starts to look good, that's when he's beatable, right? Yeah. No doubt. But yeah, so so I think what's going to make him successful in a shootout format is his ability to control speed. I think one of the best shots that Alan Rawl has that we're not talking about is, you know, when we talk about better there than in, 
he does a really good job at putting a bag in the right position on the hole without going in, preventing an opponent's cleanup or any kind of, you know, fourth bag that's going to really do some damage. He does so good at that. Um, Dylan Turpin, this dude, Dylan Turpin, just like Allen, I've been sleeping on him. You know, I mean, I knew Dylan has been an elite level guy, but he's also one of those guys that's, you know, one win away from broadcast. He had it last year. He won his bracket in singles, but he had to win one play in game to make TV. Didn't win it this year in doubles. He had to win one game to get on TV. He didn't win it. So it's kind of a reverse of last year, how singles and doubles played out. Unfortunate for him, but this dude can come out and have a lot of success in the singles. I'm going to be watching him really, really closely. And the last one I wanted to mention just in the interest of time, because I could talk about this a lot, Tubby Cobb. Tubby Cobb, another player that if you were walking around the building at national number one and you were like, who looks really good right now in the bracket that we didn't expect to look good? Tubby Cobb is one of those players. I think he's outplaying all of the Cobb brothers right now. If you talk to the Cobb brothers, he's going to say, they're going to say the same thing. Tubby Cobb is balling right now. Um, I like, I like him in singles as well, Mish. Uh, and those guys are not the players that you're going to typically see on a list. I think all of them can do some work. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only one that I didn't hear either one of you mention that I have my eyes on is Nico Morales. I think the way he played uh, at the first national, I got to watch or call a lot of his games. His airmail is unconscious. I, I think that he's playing really, really well. And also you mentioned Joe Neistead. Joe Neistead was just, I can't remember, like one or two games from making the, you know, making the broadcast in both singles and doubles. He was super close. Uh, so definitely uh, I'm going to follow up what you were saying there, Trey. We have some news around the league, you guys. We have a list. <laughs> yeah, you want to take a nap real quick while she reads through all this? <laughs> you go back. I'll grab, go back and grab a drink, and then we'll come See back. Buckle up. <laughs> we had quite a few events um, over the weekend that I want to get into, but before we talk about those, we've also had quite a bit of news around partner changes. Uh, we saw that Andrew Guy is now pairing up with Chad Hunt. Nico, Morel Nico Morales is now pairing up with Devin Harbaugh. And that leaves Derek King, Tom Gustafson, Cameron Presley, and Brian Schramm all looking for partners. So is that going to be more partner breakups to, to pair with these people? Are these people just going to pair up with each other? Like This is this is a really interesting thing. And uh, I'm definitely uh, sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to see what happens here. Because very, very surprising, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think we just casually said that Devin Harbaugh is no longer playing with Derek King. This is huge. I know. This is huge, guys. Um, it's going to shake up the top 10 list. Yeah. I think it creates some type of a domino effect downstream where, you know, a team breaks up, another team breaks up. Then you have people out there hustling to find a new partner. And this is the time to do it. You're coming off a national number one. Let's keep in mind, everybody gets to drop their worst national. So, these teams have the ability to find a new partner and still find themselves in the rankings at the end at a shot at a world championship. You know, it's going to be tough because now you're going to be that last seed in the bracket. So yeah. can Devin Harbaugh and Nico Morellis come in and steal the number one seed at nationals number two? Hell yes, they can. Yeah. And they can. That's what makes this even more interesting is it could really shake up the seeding going and someone's going to pull an insane team, a top 10 team, in my opinion, in the first round, Trey. What do, you, what do you think about that shaking up national number two bracket? 
Yeah, I mean, I think everybody assumes that it's going to be the team who they play that loses. But what happens if it's not? What happens if Harbaugh and Morellas lose? Yeah. I mean, does it become – I don't know. I think I'm always the guy that says the grass is always greener, right? Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times you don't fully comprehend all the changes that you're going to make. Um, I think maybe a little bit both premature for me. But I get why. Because of the point that you made, Anthony. The point that you made of, look, if you're going to make the decision, you have to make it now. Because if you wait until after that second national, you're no longer even eligible at the world championships for that end of season payouts. Like all those those standing payouts, you're not going to max out points. You're guaranteed at Worlds to have a bad seed. Yep. At least doing it now, you're you're forcing that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly interesting. On paper, it's a huge win for both Nico and for Devin because they're pairing up with players that are so hot right now. Now, the interesting thing that they do is I haven't really been keeping up with what Nico is throwing as far as bags go, but can they find a middle ground on bags um, mm -hmm. to really let Devin be Devin? Because if there's either one of those two, you want to make them throw the way they keep throwing, you want to let Devin keep throwing like Devin can throw. So um, overall, yeah, a little, little interesting. And uh, I'm interested to see if there is a domino effect, like you said, Michelle. Yeah, that's the key. You brought up the bag choice. And that here's the good news. Devin Harbaugh showed he can throw anything and still win on a broadcast level. Uh, the, how he had to go through those bag changes on the last TV broadcast is crazy. And I think we overlook how – what the impact is of just switching a bag. I mean, that little bit of feeling in your hand is huge. Now, someone like Devin Harbaugh, he's an elite-level guy. Maybe it's the difference between one point and two point at the end of a game, which you need on a TV broadcast is going to be close. But Nico Morellis is throwing a slower-style bag. He's going to probably throw a four-speed a four on the slow side. So he plays a speed control game. That's good news. I think that's good news for that team. But we do have to keep in mind – this isn't their go-to bag. If you were saying, I'm taking Nico Morellis in the bag he throws and Devin Harbaugh in the bag he throws and you throw them together, that's a top five team. But we're not mm -hmm. doing that. Devin, so can they still be a top eight team or a top t uh, 10 team? I think they can. I think they can. Yeah, agreed. All right, we had several uh, state championships, starting off with Virginia State Championship championship with singles winner Devin Harbaugh. <laughs> Guys, it's Monday. It's a struggle right now. Um, singles, Devin Harbaugh doubles Michael Lucas Jr. and Michael Dingus. Michigan State Championship singles winner Jaden Ellis doubles went to Joe Neistead and Jeremy Shermerhorn. South Carolina State Championship singles, Jordan Kimbrell and doubles Jordan Kimbrell and Angel Camarena. Nevada State Championship singles, Asher Plummer doubles McGuire Shepard and Michael Schroeder. North Dakota State Championship singles Connor Heiser and doubles Corey and Connor Heiser. And Minnesota State Championship singles Eddie Wenker and doubles Hunter Thorson and Corey Warner. Those are all your winners. What? Did you catch any of that? I don't know. Yeah, that was, <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. I think there's a lot of hidden messaging in a lot of these different wins, right? A lot, yeah. a lot of this will blow over. I think there's a lot of storylines here. Uh, boring Devin Harbaugh wins again. I don't care anymore. Okay. He just wins everything. Okay. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Devin. But doubles Michael Dingus Jr. and Michael Lucas saying, Hey, Let's now go. we're still yeah. really bleeping good. Okay. Let's that's go. what, that's what they're saying there. So, um, 
Now, the other one that I want to talk about or that I wanted to bring up that I found super interesting, Jordan Kimbrell, okay? He could not make the first national because of a wedding. So he has to come into the second event as someone a bottom seed both in singles but also in doubles alongside Blaine Rozier. So I say all that to say it is – you know, it's going to be interesting to see Jordan Kimbrell throwing really well right now. I mean, to be a South Carolina state champion, both in singles and in doubles, that's a big feat. Carolina Conference is not easy to go through, but he absolutely torched it down. And I think, I'm just saying, I think we got to pay attention to the fact that Jordan Kimbrell has an opportunity here to make a big splash. And you talk about seeds that nobody wants to play out of the gate. I don't think that one seed is going to be too happy or that two seed or that three seed is going to be very happy to be playing Jordan Kimbrell at the second national of the year. True. That's a good point. Anthony, any thoughts? Yeah, my thought is Virginia State, you got Devin Harbaugh, who's Devin Harbaugh, goes out and wins singles. Whoever his partner is, I don't know who his partner was, that's on you, bro. I mean, <laughs> obvious, right? How do you pull Devin Harbaugh and not win double? So, you know, you have to look at that and go, uh, Devin Harbaugh's partner blew that one. I mean, it's just, this is what it is. Michael <laughs> Lucas Jr. and Dingus, big fans. I'm so excited to see these guys win. And I cannot wait for them to have that TV broadcast uh, experience. It, this year would be awesome. But another team that just seems to always be right out of there. Michigan State. Unless Joe Neistead and Jeremy Shermerhorn had some early exit and didn't play singles, congratulations, Jaden Ellis, for winning the singles with that type of with that caliber of players in the field. Mm-hmm. So, and he's a hell of a player as well. So, but to pull a win out going through a Neistead and a Shermerhorn in the field, big big win for Jaden for Jaden Ellis. Absolutely, I, I will say um, the the partner for oh uh, yeah I didn't know Kevin you're Marvel. gonna do it you're gonna do it who is it. James Baldwin. Oh, my man, Baldwin. Oh, oh man. no. They came in third. They came in third. They only lost to Ryan Smith and Berkeley Pair and then Michael Lucas Jr. and Michael Dangus. Hey, okay. Harpaul could have been off. He could have thrown a 10-5 instead of an 11 oh, back pedal, back pedal, back Devin Harbaugh, he only threw a 9-6-2 in that tournament. Oh, he, hey, okay. Abysmal okay. performance by Harbaugh uh, standards. Abysmal. A 9-6-2. What was he asleep? Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to open number 10. We uh, obviously have our pros that are going to be there for the shootout, but now we have mixed in our amateur players. So, uh, Trey, who are you looking at? Yeah, kind of a similar feel of, okay, now this is the first event playing to 21 after the national. So I'm looking for a few players to see if they can bounce back and how they can readjust, right? Granted, Jamie Graham is going there to play in the shootout. He's someone that you want to look at when it talks about going to a shootout. But I think more importantly, Jamie Graham is, has a chance to get back into playing to a 20, play to 21 format for him to get back into groove and him to right the ship as he goes into the next national, right? His his rankings right now not not loving this okay and not not loving how things are coming out and I think that's true for a lot of players if you go through the rankings right now I think a lot of people would be surprised where where people are ranked like here's a couple different examples of people that want to write the ship Ryan Windsor 
97th in standings right now. 97th. Duncan Clemmer, 97. Tyler Poitras, 93. Uh, Michael Dingus, 89. Josh Holland, 85. Okay. Uh, James Baldwin, 101. Noah Wooten, 101. Ryan Wiedenfeld, 101. What? I mean, (laughs) you go through some of the Jimmy McGuffin, 113. Uh, Eric Zockline, 173. Noah Ma- Almanza, 209th. What in the world happened at national number one? What happened? Okay. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It makes zero sense. Okay. So, um, so yeah, all those names that I just said, that's who I'm watching at this open because I, I get it. it. It's the fir- it's first national of the year, but who all the people that I listed aren't necessarily all rookies. There's a couple rookies in there that you'd argue, okay, I expected a little bit better out of. But, like, especially the Noah Almanza at 209, the guy was a top eight player last year. I mean, he made the pro invitational. It means he had to be in the top eight. I just, to me, it just blows my mind. I was I was just completely shocked to see a lot of these players. So, at least on the single sides, that's a lot of who I'm watching. Um there's some amateur names in there that I'm also watching because we're getting close to the point in the season where we really have to start thinking about who's going to be in that rookie class for next season, right? I think it's got to be headlined by Caden Allen. And Caden Allen is on the registration list. He will be in Topeka, Kansas. So he's already got an open singles win this season. Can he maybe steal another one? Can he have a really another strong finish? I, I'm really excited to see because I think – he has the potential to be in that Ryan Wiedenfeld, uh, Fisher Hamilton type of range where if he comes in, you expect him to immediately contribute and contribute at a high level, and he'll have lofty expectations there. Um, so, uh, like I said, I think there's a number of different names that stick out to me, but it's it's those in particular that I'm, I'm expecting to have, have deep runs here. Or, or if I don't expect to have deep runs, they got to have a bounce back in comparison to what we just saw at national number one. Absolutely. Anthony, who are you looking at? Yeah, the Noah Almanza thing. So you got to be careful. If anyone's been deep into a tournament or in a tournament and you're feeling good and someone comes up to you and you're just you're just throwing trash and you're like, you know, oh, and two, and someone comes up and goes, how you throwing? The last thing you want to do is entertain that type of a question because you're already pissed. So I'm really careful about how I ask people how they're doing because this is the this is the big show. This is it. No one wants to train coming into a national and then have someone coming up ask. I thought I was safe going up to Noah Almanza at the beginning of the tournament. He didn't look too mad. You know, we'd only two games in. I said, how you throwing, man? His response, 0-2. Oh, and, and I was like, in my mind, I'm like, no, you didn't. You just caught Noah Almanza. So I was like, yeah, you don't want to talk to me. I'll talk to you later. I just walked away. <laughs> like, because – the dude is already, he just went 0-2. He doesn't want to explain to me why he's 0-2. But, yeah, that was a shocker for uh, for Almanza, a top guy to go 0-2. But, yeah, in this field, you mentioned Caden Allen. That guy's always going to be on our watch list, right, at an open. He just he just has this knack for winning. I don't know what his streak is or what his record is, but it was something crazy, like winning every single bracket he'd been in for a number of, for a number of um, uh, opens. What about Ben Brown, Trey? This is a guy who somehow wins brackets with an eight PPR. And then I've been seeing some numbers recently with him in like high 10. So 
that swing is just really high for me. I don't know what's going on there, but what are your thoughts on a Ben Brown in, in the open format? Did you see what I tweeted out about his difference in PPR and singles and doubles? So this is this is Ben Brown's difference between his singles PPR at the first national and his doubles PPR. His singles PPR at the first national, 7.96. His doubles, 10.39. How there does you that go. make any <laughs> what? That makes no sense. Uh, this but dude you... isn't real. He's a figment of our imagination. <laughs> and what's crazy is he could take a 7-9 and force his opponent to throw a 6-9. So somehow yeah. he's able to, to keep his opponent below him. Uh, he has just this insane, dirty style game. But definitely got an eye out for him because he is out there winning brackets. He is showing that he can compete at an elite level. He's just doing it oddly. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye out for him. Uh, some of the some of the uh, West West Coast guys again. Hadley Zaft. I'm looking for for these guys to show up. Some of the local guys. I feel like we're in Kansas. You got a, an Alex Hicks who had some insane record locally. He has a lot of success locally. Uh, I want to say it was an Ethan Walker who actually broke that streak of like it was in the teens. Some teens of regionals and conferences in a row that Alex Hicks wasn't missing. All of them are are in the field, so I'm going to be keeping a close eye on them. Cheyenne Bubenheim, she absolutely slayed it at national number one. Now coming into it, this open pretty hot. Hey, watch out for Cheyenne to just win the whole thing in an open in an open format, male and female. She's throwing really, really good right now and settled, I think, on, you know, she played a little bit with the carpet bag. One shootout, one with the carpet bag. However, she was running them against Rosie Streaker, but she's settling on what she's going to be doing, I think, for this season. She's going to be tough. Uh, keeping an eye out for him. Again, we got Sammy Soto out there. He goes to this once. Uh, I, I'm keeping an eye on him. I mean, this is a guy that is, I think, Caden Allen equivalent in the amateur field. Uh, really, really looking out for what he can do. Caleb Franklin and Dylan Turpin, both in singles and as a doubles partnership. These boys, if you didn't follow them at the National, they absolutely slayed it. Airmail was unbelievable. Calling the games, Mish, on that court one. I felt like every time I said Turpin going up, bang, he just hit it. He hit it every single time. His airmail was nasty in the ability to push and clean up and run bags with a carpet-style bag. Those boys are going to be tough as a partnership. Allen Rawls and Chris Kingsbury, again, win it. I mean, now we're talking about these guys not just making deep runs. I think we're talking about them winning brackets, winning opens, winning nationals. Whether it's a hot take or not, they're still in the discussion Super, super good there. Um, kind of just working my way down the list here a little bit more. Shibner. Uh, I got another close eye on this guy. Again, I think another guy that could kind of sneak in there and, and show that he's he's a presence to be to deal with. Uh, keeping an eye on him. But anything that you're seeing in that list there, Mish? I was just wondering why, you know, Justin Burton Jr. wouldn't be playing with Logan Chamberlain. Yes. Um, I, like, it's always strange to me, especially coming off of, I mean, this may have been decided a while back. Um, but that one kind of stuck out to me. Like, I wonder what was the thought behind that, I guess. No, Almanza, yes. obviously great, great teammate for Logan and Felix Vargas, great teammate for Justin Burton Jr. But always just wondering about these choices sometimes. Yeah, watch out for Vargas and Burton Jr. Uh, I wouldn't sleep on those guys. Um, Vargas isn't really on the national radar yet uh, as, as a player, but those two, 
those two could be tough. I don't know what they're going to do from a bag perspective, but their individual singles games are nasty. They could be a tough partnership. And then Hunter Thornton. Jordan Power thought that was an interesting pairing as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, you know, I'm assuming these 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 teams signed up a little bit further in advance in the re- most recent national. But how do you think Vargas feels now? Like, is Vargas <laughs> excited Uh-oh. or is he like absolutely like going crazy in his head? Like, oh my gosh, I just got this guy and now we have to play well and like this doesn't go well. And, I mean, if, I just if not. If not, Anthony's going to say what he just did about Devin Harbaugh. It was yeah. definitely yeah. his partner. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's on you, Vargas. That Without is on you. Without looking at the stats. Hey, hey you're about to get the Anthony facts if you, uh, if you don't deliver. <laughs> facts. That's a lot of pressure. Oh I'm not going to lie. Hey, what about uh, just looking at, since you brought it up, just mixed up, Braden Wilson and Caleb Batson. What do you think about that one, Mish? Because yeah. I know you're a fan of the junior division. Yeah, I mean – those are always going to be entertaining, I think. That, and that's yes. my favorite kind of cornhole to watch. So I'm looking forward to that coming on the stream for sure. Um, and, you know, and Alec Ryan and Caden Allen. I, oh, I, I tried, did they play together before? I feel like maybe they did. Paired up on an open in the past. I'm trying to remember. Caden uh, Allen's kind of paired up with quite a few now. Yeah, he has yeah. teamed up a lot of few. I think this might be the first. Okay. This is the first. Yeah. Obviously, that will be a tough team as well. All right, we also have our Super Hole coming up this weekend. We're going to have Lori Duell and Dion Dawkins versus Miranda Coy and Jordan Poyer. And then we have Tubby Cobb and Tim Settle Jr. versus Tice Cobb and Tyler. Oh, geez. Takovich. Thank you. (laughs) 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 These are all uh, Buffalo Bills players uh, coming out to play in our Super Hole in uh, Kansas. Do we know anything about whether or not these players have boards or have played? Yeah, so uh, we we do, and they they have boards in the clubhouse, so okay. and in in the locker room, so they they play on a consistent basis. Um, so this is going to be this is really a, a group of guys that know how to play. Um, I know well, some are better than others. But they know how to play Trey, but who's leading? It's like blind leading the blind, right? Like <laughs> who's like this is a well, good Dion throw. last year. Dion last year threw pretty well, right? Okay. If you remember last year, he I mean he had he had the skills. I mean, honestly, remember because remember last year we were talking about how insane it was that Mike the situation came out of nowhere and he started draining everything. Yeah. Dion was the better one kind of leading up to that. So um, you know, it'd be great to have Dion back and yeah, like I said, this year we're kind of going for more themes for every single one. So, like, reached out to some Kansas City players and nobody was really interested in playing. So it's like, well, we have these Bills that really want to play. You also have that Kansas City Chief-Buffalo Bills rivalry, which I think wow. adds a layer to this, which is really cool. So um, you have you have plenty of the, of the Buffalo Bills um, – you actually have some local groups of Bills Mafia going to be coming out to the event, so that's going to be really fun. So, um, yeah, so the, the, a lot of the Bills players, I think it's going to be fun to watch. And then, like, I think also the dynamic of Lori versus Miranda and Tubby versus Tice is one that's yeah. really cool as well. They'll get a chance to see them go head-to-head, like, on the broadcast. So, you know, as we go throughout the regular the rest of the season, you know, there's going to be a couple different really cool themed events, like, you know, just teasing a little bit, but – Miami is going to have very much an influencer Miami feel to it. Um, 
the the uh, the one in Mesa is going to have uh, an Olympian theme. Um, so it's there, there's a lot of different themes coming out. That's going to be a lot of fun as we go throughout the Super Bowl season. But yeah, for this one, um, it, it it wouldn't surprise me if Dion wins again. But uh, from what I've heard, some of the guys that either Settle or Matakovich, both of them have, are pretty darn good going up against uh, you know Tubby and Tice. Having them as a partner. As good as Tubby's been thrown recently, yeah, you might want to pay attention. Okay. Interesting. Anthony, you know anything about these guys? Uh, you know, we're going to learn what they have to bring, I think, live when we get down there, you know, see a few pitches. But the, the, I think the storyline that you mentioned is the pro side. That's really exciting is, you know, normally the pros kind of check the that real serious competitive nature at the door in these Super Bowls. They have some fun with it. You know, they're going to yeah. take some shots they don't normally take. But – I don't think that's going to be the case this time. Uh, Lori Duell, if you don't know, Lori Duell, Miranda Coy, best friends, roommates, both insanely competitive. Like, I don't know if there's more competitive females out there. Maybe a Bubenheim is pretty competitive, but just what they show from body language, very, yeah. very competitive. I think they're going to go at each other. They're, they're going to want to win that one just from talks back at the house. And then you got the brothers, Tubby Cobb and Tice Cobb. And, you know, there's no filter between these brothers. You know, they just let it rip. They don't care. There's no hurt feelings in that house. So I think that'll be kind of fun getting those groups on the broadcast. So I think the storyline is really going to be the pros going against the pros and how that dynamic works out. Yeah, I do wonder if we see less of the riskier shots just because of pure ego, like yes. wanting to win for glory, <laughs> just to be able to gloat about it at home. Uh, that That might come into play here for sure. Yeah, and then, you know, of course, whoever wins this is going to get that automatic ticket to play in the Super Bowl championship um, at, at the World Championships. Now, being all football players, they may or may not be able to make it, but, you yeah. know, it'll be, you know, and, and still to be seen if, uh, you know, Justin Turner is going to be able to make the trip alongside Double D, Damon Dennis. So it's right. – but, um, you know, there's there's some, uh, some other cool th- – there, there may or may not be a, a banner hanging in this broadcast. So a little bit of a tease from the mm. banner hanging. You know how teams, when they win a championship, the next season they hang a banner? Well, yes. might be might be a similar banner hanging for this broadcast there for last year. So it'll be, it'll be fun. <laughs> little be fun. incentive. <laughs> it's time for buy or sell now. I'll read you guys some lines and you let me know if you buy or sell the first one, which we kind of talked about earlier, Devin Harbaugh and Nico Morales are a top five team. <laughs> I got to sell. I, I just. So few times does a super team come together and I don't even know if I want to label them a super team just yet. Right. So, so few times does a team come together like that and immediately work. Mm. Very rarely happens. There's something to be said about chemistry. There's something to be said about playing with the, the same bags. There's something to be said, like, like Anthony said, it may be the difference between one or two points, but one or two points in a bracket means a loss or a win. And it could be the difference between 17th place and first place. Right. I mean, it just, just comes down to it. So overall, yeah, I, I I think they are capable of getting there, but based on the road they have ahead of them, I got to sell. Anthony. Yeah. I was watching really closely yesterday. So if you didn't see it on 27 feet, 
it broke live last uh, last night, about a thirty minutes. So if you want to see that that uh, interview, check it out because I was watching closely at how they were responding to the questions. You know what kind of excitement level they were having between the the bag choice decision was a big conversation. So I was paying a lot of attention to that. Um, I have to agree with Trey on this one. Do I think they're a top ten team? I am prepared to drop these guys in my drop top ten right now. Top five. For the reasons that Trey was given, that is important stuff. And it could come down to a point or two, whether it's chemistry, whether it's switching a bag. And at this level, you got, you're going to need that point or two at the end. I mean, look what happened with Devin Harbaugh and Gore on the broadcast. You know, 20, he's sitting on 20. He's got to hit an airmail to, to win it. That bag just doesn't feel right. You might miss that airmail. It's super important. So I'm going to sell as well, Mish. But if we're talking top 10, they're in my you're list. In. You're in. Okay. Yeah, but the good news for them is... Top 10 would be a huge improvement based on where both of them are ranked right now in doubles. <laughs> exactly. So, and not, nothing to be mad at. Uh, <laughs> the Las Vegas High Rollers, Virginia Cutters, and Pennsylvania Ringers should shake up their rosters. Yeah, all three teams without a win. Um, and you know what's funny is I watched the High Rollers play head-to-head -head against the Cali Slingers who went 3-1. and one. And when I watched it, if you had told me the high rollers went 0-3, I would have been surprised. I would have said, wow, that doesn't really fit what I saw because it felt like a very even match. I'm less likely to go after the high rollers on that regard. The cutters missed one of their franchise players in James Washington. He wasn't even there. Okay, So it's really hard to take away a top three player on your roster and be able to say that. So... Maybe for the first two, I would shake it up or I would not shake it up. I'd say, see if you can build some momentum in the second one. But I'd say yes to the ringers. Um, when I see Justin Burton Jr. and Devin Harbaugh playing together and losing, that's something's wrong there. We're not wasting all of our talent into one game and we can't afford to lose it. Spread out the talent a little bit more see if it brings a couple more depth wins and see if you can build some momentum into the next event because that next national in Erie, Pennsylvania is technically a home game for the ringers. So you want to make sure you're playing your best on the big stage. So uh, I guess it's a modified buy-sell because I, I have different <laughs> answers for all three. So um, I'll say half buy. Okay. Anthony? Yeah, I buy on all of them. And, and really, I buy on the entire every single team. I mean, we learned a lot coming out of nationals. Number one teams are going to be, we talked bad chemistry, player chemistry. I think everybody should be looking to the next team and going, Hey, I can improve this. You know, they're down my list. It might be like, you know, the, the bottom of the last team that they put together, but Hey, I might be able to build a little bit more bad chemistry here. I got a slick guy. You need a slick guy. I want a stick guy. You know, let's swap, mm -hmm. you know, because we think we're going to have we're going to win that trade just on chemistry. So I think every team should be looking at it. Those in particular going 0 and 3, uh, 0 and 4. Um, it's tough, too, because if you look deeper into the wins and losses, you might go 1 and 3 because you lost. You know, you went 4 and 3 in the matchup and you just mm -hmm. lost by a couple points. So I think we just need more matches to kind of figure it out. But every team should be looking at trades uh, and how they can improve the chemistry. So I'll buy. Okay. Colorado Timber are the number one team to beat. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna sell that um, because <laughs> one or two reasons. One, I haven't seen them play in a broadcast court yet. Um, and two, 
it doesn't necessarily their record doesn't match what I thought they were going to be, and that's that's being very conceited, right? Not saying that whatever I say is going to go, but <laughs> there is a team that does match that, and that's the Chicago Land Spinners. I yeah. thought they'd be really good, and they were really good. I just haven't seen them on a broadcast court yet. So I'm going to stick with the fact that I think that the Spinners are going to be your team to beat if you combine what I my, what perception of them was ahead of time and where they ended up. So I will sell the Timber. Really good team. Think they have a potential to be a really top team, maybe even win their region. But I don't know if they're going to necessarily be the team to beat over the Spinners. Okay. Anthony? Yeah, I agree. I'm going to sell as well. Good points on the TV broadcast. Everybody has to get on there and win that one. Uh, and we saw what that did to a lot of players, some high-level players like a, like a Hamilton, you know, who just the pressure was just so much. And you see these players kind of dive bomb. But yeah, someone even like the the Carolina Coasters, their records three and two, but their games they're 21 and 14. So I'm still looking. You know, the record might not show an undefeated record, but I think in the long haul, teams like that are going to still show up and be and do well. And they did well on the broadcast, so I'm going to sell. Okay, Justin Burton Jr. will win singles and or doubles this weekend. <laughs> Man, it's tough. It's tough, right? Because half of Trey's brain is going. You're the guy that always says, "Who's hot stays hot." Right. That's that's what I just drill into people's heads. On the other hand, you're also the guy that says when that person gets that first win, you're the one to say, "Ooh, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> Calm down. It's one win. So I have these competing mindsets going back and forth in my head. Ultimately, in this field, I got to sell. Wouldn't surprise me if he finishes top three in both. Right. That would be that would be an incredible feat regardless for him to be able to beat this, because this is kind of a pro-stacked field right now. For him in the shootout to do both and show all of a sudden that he's an expert at this round-limited format, when I just talked about him and Devin Harbaugh in a round-limited format not getting it done, I'm going to push the brakes a little bit and say I'll sell it. Anthony? Uh, you got I got to sell as well. I mean, those, that exact reason, it's too deep plus – you got to go through Devin Harbaugh, and he's going to be throwing his bags this time. So that's you got to add that little uh, bit in there. But yeah, I'm going to sell it. Doing that is amazing what he did, but do it back to back. That's tough. Bracket final, I'd buy it if he made a bracket final in both singles and doubles. Okay, Mark Richards. Mark Richards will make the finals in either doubles or singles. This one is tough too because Richards has not shown to be the most elite player in the round limited format, but I'm actually going to buy it. I'm going yes. to and I'm going to say I'm going to buy it because he, what he did was very consistent at the last event. And if you look, he only lost to Justin Burton Jr. Mark Richards was the only player to beat Justin Burton Jr., yeah. The only one. And he killed him in that one game. Now, JBJ came back, got the win. Right now, I think I still think Mark Richards is the real deal. Philip Lopez is still dang good. I think they ultimately get a win, get into the final somewhere. I'll buy it. Anthony? I mean, you're I'm buying this one all day. You're not saying he has to win it. He has to make the finals in singles or doubles. Philip Lopez throwing out of his mind. I'm buying that one all day. It's Mark Richards, and he's got Philip Lopez on the other side. <laughs> I was shocked. I thought you were going to sell it. I know. I thought I knew. I knew you were going to say that too. So when you bought, <laughs> I was like, Ah, we both bought that one. 
<laughs> All right, got some hot takes? I do. I'm going crazy. Oh, oh, go crazy. I'm going absolutely bananas. Let's do it. But I'm not going to say they're going to win. I'm saying they're going to make the finals. Okay. Finals of doubles at the shootout. Derek Holland and Berkeley pair make it. Okay. I really okay. like what I saw out of Derek Holland. And I think Berkeley pair, the more momentum he gets and the more that Holland can give him, the tougher he's going to be. I'm going to take them to make the finals. Okay. Like Anthony? All right, I'm doing a combo. That's what makes it extra hot. Open singles winner, Cheyenne Bubenheim. Ooh, yeah. I love that Ooh. one. Yes. Your shootout shoot singles winner. It's a combo, so it makes it double hot. Your shootout singles winner, Nico Morellis. Oh, <laughs> so that was did, mine, did I but it? I was going to do a combo as well. So I was going to pick Nico for men's and Bella for singles. I mean, Bella was going to be my women's pick, so I like that. We got all over the place. We're a little bit <laughs> overlapped. I like that. We go. kind of piggybacked off each other, but we made it happen. All right, that's all we got time for today. Enjoy all the cornhole this weekend in Kansas, and we'll see you guys next time.